I, I was doing a race. I was doing a Mount Everest challenge, which was climbing up Stratton Mountain in October 17 times. I only made it 12. I didn't make it 17. Wow. But here's the thing. We, there was 250 entrepreneurs, amazing people. The founder of Groupon was there. There was, uh, it was an amazing group of people. The first day, you know, your first one up, it's like, oh, this is cool. The second one up is, oh, this is not good. By the time you got to like round 10, 11, you were just dead. But here's what happened to every single participant in that event. The last day when you think you'd be the most tired were the fastest time of the entire weekend. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting and incredible guest lined up for you today. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Thor Conklin. Thor is the host of the Peak Performer Podcast, as well as an entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and an executive and corporate training coach. I'm so excited to have you on the show today, Thor. Nikki, thank you for having me, man. It's a real honor to have you here. So, Thor, this podcast has an audience of people a lot like you and me. They're coaches, they're consultants, they're aspiring thought leaders. They're really, really interested in learning from you what your best hacks are on how they can take their thought leadership practice to the next level. So the way I like to start off every single one of these episodes is by asking you a question. So Thor, how'd you get to be Thor Conklin? Tell us your backstory. Yeah, the backstory is, uh, you know, I wasn't a great student in school. I just, I didn't realize that you were supposed to actually go to school and get good grades. So when it was time to go to <laughs> college, it was like, uh, I don't think uh, you have the grades to actually get in. But I said, you know, I want to go to this particular school. It was a, actually a school uh, for risk management and insurance. It was St. John's uh, Business School. So I show up and they're like, you know, you just don't, you can't get in. I said, well, this is where I'm going to school. So how do I get in? They're like, well, you got to go and take some other courses. And when you come back with A's and B's, you know, we'll talk to you. Six months later, I show back up with my transcripts and they were shocked uh, that I I actually showed back up, but I did, uh, got in and had a, an amazing career for oh, close to, uh, 18 years in the insurance business, helping private equity firms enter and exit deals. And that actually led to my first, uh, business that I set up in 2000, which was private equity risk consultants. So it was that drive that I had as a very young child that if I set my mind to something, I was going to make sure it happened. I love it, Thor. That's a, that's an incredible story. You know, a lot of people, are sold a bill of goods, I think, when when they're told, go to school, get good grades, and go get a great job, a great J-O-B. You know, one of my mentors once said, job is an acronym for just over broke. You ever heard that one before? <laughs> no, I have not, but I like that. Yeah, so, so you didn't go down the traditional route uh, that a lot of people do. You didn't go get a, a degree at an Ivy League school. Nobody handed you things. Uh, in life, you went out there and you got what you wanted for yourself and you made a great entrepreneurial career out of it. And now you've turned it into a powerful position as a thought leader. You know, 
One of the things that myself, my mentors, and some of the people that have influenced me, people like Matt Church and Michael Palmer like to say, is that thought leadership is composed of a number of important pillars. The first one is you got to have world-class intellectual property. Second one is you got to have a clear message and a clear target audience. The third one is you got to have a positioning as someone who's preeminent, either the best or one of the best in your field. And the fourth one is you got to be able to leverage what you do in multiple ways. And the fifth one is have great mentors and have great peer groups. What do you say to these five pillars of having a powerful thought leadership practice? Well, give me the first one. See, remember, I went to insurance school. So, you know, we, we've got to break this down into very easy uh, segments for me. You got it, brother. So <laughs> the first one is you got to have world-class IP, IP that's different, IP that sets you apart, IP that makes a difference out there in the world. Yeah, you know, first of all, and this is a great, great area to start in. So often I see people running around wanting to be like one of their mentors. I've had the privilege to work with Tony Robbins for the last oh, 14 years. I'm one of his uh, senior leaders. I've traveled the world with him. And as a result of that connection and that mentoring by him, I've developed my own skills, but no one confuses me with Tony. They don't look at me and go, oh yeah, that's Tony's stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I've heard that somewhere. And I see so often people trying to imitate those people that have been quote unquote successful mm. and they haven't done them. And unless you're doing you, it ain't gonna work. You know, Thor, that's a powerful, powerful point because a lot of people feel, I mean, I felt like, wow, this, this, whether it be Tony or Robin Sharma or whoever that I'm listening to in the past, I felt I'm never going to be like them. So I may as well just try and be a copy of them. But you know, another one of my mentors, he, he actually at one point used to work with Tony as well. He said to me, you know what? It's better to be the best original version of yourself than a poor copy of somebody else. What's your comment on that? Absolutely. Anytime you try to copy someone else, you're not in congruency with yourself. And it comes through. I mean, have you ever seen somebody get up on stage or, or even if they're pitching you a, a deal one-on-one in, in your office? Unless they're congruent with who they are. I was having a, a conversation with a client the other day and he was presenting his 2018 plan. And I yawned. I literally yawned halfway through it. I said, that is the most uninspiring piece of BS I've ever heard. Uh, th this is horrible. And wow. he looked at me, he goes, I'm paying you as my, as my profitability advisor. I'm like, look, this is your life. You can decide to do anything that you want with your life. Okay. You hired me to make sure that you get to your goals. I know what your goals are. And I think you're playing like a little, I, I don't want to curse P I T C H. Yeah. And <laughs> it rhymes with and, a baseball pitch, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. And I said, step up. You know, you want to go here, inspire me. This is not who you are. And he, he did. He, ch he changed up his attitude. So, so my approach is, if people that work with me, man, you don't get the guy that holds you by the hand and wipes your tears. Now, I'll do that once in a while, but, man, I'm going to kick your you-know-what. Thor, you're a man after my own heart, you know? Uh, <laughs> and that doesn't resonate with everybody, No, right? it doesn't. It's not supposed to. It's not supposed right. to. You know, I, and I, I weed out those that aren't meant to be a client. So that, that, that's, that's one thing that leaders really do well. They know who they are. They know who they're not. 
and they weed out those that are not supposed to be following them. You know, you that's, know a, as opposed, that's again right. a very powerful point, Thor. And, and, and I'll tell you why. And, and it segues nicely into the next pillar of thought leadership, which is clarity of your message and clarity of your target audience, right? A powerful yes. message repels as many, if not more people, as it attracts. Yes, absolutely. So, absolutely. If you're not pissing people off, you're not doing your job. You know, that's very true. That's very true and it's very powerful. You know, I, I've... Uh, because of some life circumstances, uh, I was married at one point and, and, and my marriage fell apart. Uh, I became part of a couple of men's organizations. And uh, it's where I really learned, you know what? It wasn't my, 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 my then wife's fault. It, it wasn't anybody's fault. It was me. I was yep. the one, I was the common element in, in every area of my life. And in my marriage, I showed up in such a way that my wife at the time voted, no, nope, I don't want to be with you anymore. And I started to really see how taking ownership, taking responsibility for my life empowered me. I went from somebody who'd had a business with my wife that was successful, who went to the six figures. Uh, when we got separated, that business tanked. It went down to under $10,000 a year. When I started taking ownership, I went back up and now I'm four or five fold ahead of where I was at, at the height of the business with my wife. And yeah. a, a powerful thing is that for myself, I started to take ownership. I started to take responsibility. So I really resonate with what you're saying. So talk to me a little bit about how you made your messaging so clear in the marketplace and how that helped you get clear on who your ideal client was. Well, I, I started with it being unclear <laughs> because I, that I makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, it started unclear. It, it, I started moving. See, the whole reason I do profitability consulting and I formed a firm around this is because I was an entrepreneur for 18 years. The first five deals that I did, I started multi-million dollar deals, successful, sold them, you know, great, great career. Then on number six, the thing tanks and I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. You know, why, why did it not continue? There were some things that I was missing. I, I allowed ego to get in the front, in front of uh, common sense. And I did some stupid Nobody things. Nobody else has ever I'm, done that listening to this show. Right. You're the only one, right? <laughs> right, because I thought I was bulletproof. And then when I could have gotten out at about a half a million dollar loss, I'm like, there's no way I'm taking a half mil loss. I'm going to ride this thing until I fix it. Well, right before it hit a million dollar uh, loss, I was like, all right. I don't want a million dollar loss on my resume. So I'm going to get out at like 998. So nice. I pulled the plug at, uh, at that point, but it's the leadership you've got to develop. I, I wasn't clear what my messaging was initially going to be. Some of the things that we do now as a, as an organization, I had no, I had no reason to believe that people would even want that but I'd listen to what my customers were telling me. I was listening to the people that decided not to go with us, what they wanted. Now we weren't wavering and, and trying to be everything to everyone, but there were some common themes here. And one of the things that that's kept coming up and up over and over again was, look, we want to hear it like it is. Hmm. We don't want this thing sugarcoated. We want you in our face. We want your team telling us where we're messing up what we're missing. Be real. Be real. That's a powerful tagline, man. Yeah. And the, and the other thing that's, that was really interesting is I started this firm to help entrepreneurs that were suffering and were in this grind. They thought they were business owners, but really the, the business owned them. 
Hmm. And I saw a, a peer group around me. I'm part of entrepreneurs organization and everyone's running multi-million dollar companies. And some of these guys were trying to figure out how to take a hundred thousand dollars home on a $3 million business. And I'm like, wait wow. a second, something's wrong here. So we started the business to help those that were struggling. But what was really interesting, some of our best clients are ones that are absolutely killing it. And they're like, I just want another three or 4%. Come in, show us how we can get another three, four, 5%. You know, that's powerful stuff. So you got your message clear. You were clear on who you wanted to work with. You were equally clear on who you didn't want to work with. And listener, that's super important. You need to have standards. You need to know who you want to work with. You need to know who you don't want to work with. You need to know who are the people that are going to suck your energy dry because those are the people you need to stay away from. You can't be all things to all people. Because of that, your message started to really attract and your business grew, right? And that really helped you establish part of what I believe is, you know, the third pillar, which is, hey, now that we've got clarity, now that we've got um, world-class IP, how do we position ourselves? How do you position, how did you position yourself, Thor, as someone who is preeminent in your field, someone worth listening to? Well, you know what? It started with the IP, develop your own stuff, get the message out there, be real and continue to do it all the time. You know, when I was starting the podcast, is just something that I enjoy doing. I enjoy bringing those stories to the market and, and to my clients, prospects and the listeners of the audience. So it's not really a big part of what we do, but it's, it's, it's a project that I really enjoy doing. Sure. And when I was getting that off the ground, you know, everywhere I went, Everywhere I went, I had a stack, and I'm not talking a few, a stack of business cards uh, talking about the show. I would go into a pub and I'd say to the bartender, I'm willing to buy anybody here a drink if they download my shows. So he put up a sign right next to the cash register, free beer, see Thor. Guess what? You think I got a few listeners? Nice. Absolutely. Everywhere I went, I would go to a restaurant and I'd sit to the waiter. I said, at the end of this meal, I'm going to have two things for you. I'm going to have a nice tip, but I'm also going to give you something that could be worth a fortune to you. And he's like, what is it? I said, you have to wait till the end of the meal. At the end of the meal, I give him a nice tip and the card. I said, listen to some of these shows. One just might change your life. So I was constantly, I, I, I never stopped. I was, I was like that guy, like on a little wheel. And what I see is people do something for a little bit. It's like, well, I did five videos and it's like, why hasn't anything gone viral yet? You've got to keep going and going and going. Mm. You know, consistency is very powerful. Consistency is very important. You know, guest after guest talks about this, that there were a 10-year, 15-year, 13-year overnight success. And yeah. so many people think that, okay, I'm listening to Thor Conklin. Man, he's got it all together. I'll never get it all together the way he has. And probably the only reason that that's – not the case for them yet is because they haven't been as consistent as you've been. Yeah. All you have to do is go back to one of the early episodes on my podcast that was done just 19 months ago. They're horrible. I mean, they're good content. It just, I was just starting out. Everyone who has a world-class business podcast, whatever it is, all started with zero clients, zero episodes, zero money coming in. We yeah. all start the same place. 
It's only a question of what you do in the middle and where you end up. Yeah, no, it, it, there's no question, right? Uh, Robin, yeah, and most give up too soon. Most, most give up way too soon. Robin Sharma said change is hard at first, messy in the middle, gorgeous at the end. And yeah. that really, in effect, you're saying something very similar. Yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting is I, I was doing a race. I was doing a Mount Everest challenge, which was climbing up Stratton Mountain in October 17 times. I only made it 12. I didn't make it 17. Wow. But here's the thing. We, there was 250 entrepreneurs, amazing people. The founder of Groupon was there. There was – it was an amazing group of people. The first day, you know, your first one up, it's like, oh, this is cool. The second one up is, oh, this is not good. By the time you got to like round 10, 11, you were just dead. But here's what happened to every single participant in that event. The last day when you think you'd be the most tired were the fastest time of the entire weekend. You know, that's funny. But, but I totally get that. Like yeah. I, I, uh, I do sprint drills. One of my mentors is an Olympic gold medalist uh, in the 110-meter hurdles, which is a ballistic sport. And he, he's been telling me the fastest way to get, get abs and get fit, get lean, is to do sprints. So I've been doing sprints, and um, he, he had me do full-on sprints. Then he said, okay, every other day what I want you to do is I want you to dial back the speed of your sprints, but instead of doing uh, – just one at a time. So do 100 meters full tilt. I want you to do 100 meters at 60%, wait 15 seconds and do another 100 meters at 60%. So I thought, man, that's not going to be as hard. But once I'd done three or four of those, I was dead. I was dead, yeah. done. So then when it came time for me to do the 100 meters full tilt, man, Thor, my speed was just off the charts, like off yeah. the charts. People that I've been running with, that, you know, I had not been any faster than them, right? And they were just doing the regular sprints. I was kicking their butts. Yeah. And yeah. that's what happens when you take on something like what you did with the Everest Challenge. Yeah. It's, you know, and now, if someone says, hey, you want to climb up this mountain? It's like, sure, you know, not a big deal. Once you expand yourself past what you currently are, either emotionally or physically, uh, physically, you could actually start to go back a ways, but you've got, you've built a muscle which didn't exist before. And it's really easy to get back there. Yeah, that's powerful. That's well said. Okay. So the next pillar is leverage. So how have you utilized leverage inside your thought leader practice? So you get your message out across multiple platforms and in multiple, what Matt Church and Michael Palmer call modes of delivery. Well, we haven't done it as well as we should have in the past. And one of the things that I realized, and I know this may come as a surprise, but I had a belief system that said, if it's to be, it's up to me. And I know no one else has ever suffered from this, Nobody. but I'm one of the <laughs> unique ones. <laughs> and I was doing my annual planning this year, which I do every single year. I, I disconnect for three or four days, go down to the beach, go to the mountains, and I figure out, okay, Last year, what worked well, what didn't work well, what adjustments do I need to make, and what's 2018 about, and what am I going to do? And one of the things I walked away with is that clarity is I've got three major goals that I'm pursuing this year. That's it. If it doesn't fall into one of those, it doesn't get done. So what are they? Uh, it's fun, financial, and fitness. So I'm running an Ironman this year. Uh, I've never run a marathon. I can't swim 2.4 miles. And Laura knows how I'm going to finish a 112-mile bike, but I'm going to figure it out because every single day I'm going to do a little bit. I've got a coach, a tri-coach that is going cool. to help me, and she tells me what to do, and I just don't uh, argue with her, and I just go do it. So she says I'll be ready. 
<laughs> well, that's see. good. <laughs> you know, one of my intellectual collaborating partners, Michael Palmer, who used to co-host the show, he did an Iron Man, and he he was a non-athlete when he did it, and he got some phenomenal coaches, and he got into a process called immersion, and as a result, he beat people that were damn near almost professional Ironmaners. Like he did his Ironman in under 12 hours. And you know, that's wow. unbelievable for a non-athlete. That's crazy. But that's the power wow. of immersion, right? So yeah. Yeah. In, in the, in the, what he was the worst at was swimming. So he, he, he could swim, you know, but slowly. And then this uh, coach of his said, look, you're, you're, you're doing uh, swimming three times a week. You're not getting better faster. Why don't you try an immersion? He says, what's an immersion? He said, you can swim 15,000 meters over a weekend. So he said, okay, I'll listen to my coach. Just like you, listen to my coach. You won't argue. So he did it. And uh, he swam the 15,000 meters. So the next day on the Monday, when he went back in the water, he had jumped two uh, lanes. He, he was in the slowest lane and he was two lanes faster just as a result of doing the immersion. Wow. So That's good. To, I should put uh, you in touch with Michael. That. You and Michael should talk. He'll, uh, he'll oh, be that, able to that, hook you that up. Would, that would be great. So I went from this philosophy from if, if it's to be, it's up to me. And now it's about teamwork. If it's to be, it's up to we. Mm. And it's about teamwork this year. And it's about team and it's about work. And every single day on my calendar, I have something that shows up and it shows up at 5 a.m. And it's a reminder. It's a question. Who am I going to ask for help from today? It was I one of the biggest that. lessons when I trained with the Navy SEALs that no matter how good, how strong, how uh, much of a uh, bad, you know, what you are, you everybody needs it. help. You can say it. Badass. <laughs> Badass. Um, yeah, everybody needs help. And when I was doing that, there were guys that were getting ready to go to Bud's training that basically carried me up the hill. And then later in the afternoon, I was carrying them up the hill. You did Bud's? So it's all that's about That's me. incredible. Were you a SEAL? No, 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 no. I just, I did some, I did some, uh, a buddy of mine runs a SEAL training camp in California. Mark Devine? Uh, for executives. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we just had him on the show. Uh, so uh, you, 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 when his episode comes out, I'll let you know. He's he's awesome. Yeah, I love him. Absolutely. Uh, he, he's awesome. Yes. Do you know do you know Mark von Muser? No. Okay. He's he introduced me to to, to Mark Devines. Great, great man. He yeah. awesome. Good stuff. So if it's to be, it's up to we. I really love that. That's powerful. That may be the single greatest thing I've ever heard on this podcast. Well, uh, it it was a result of thinking. You know, so often, you know, you say this is thought leadership. There are two components. One, you got to do some thinking. Mm. And that's not, you know, just, you know, random thinking. It's about sitting down. It's about disconnecting. It's about asking great questions and get deep into thought. And then it's stepping up and being a leader. Very well said. Very well said. Okay. So you're doing some really great things in and around leverage, but self-admittedly, you can do better. That's what I'm hearing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's now it's about we, and I realize that I don't have to do it all, and I'm relying more on my team to do the important stuff. There's a fellow that um, I worked with, and actually I'm still working with. Um, he's 28 years old, okay? I, we started working with him June 8th, 2015. 
At the time, he was making less than $20,000 a year. He was a personal trainer, and he'd work with anybody with a pulse who'd pay his rate, and uh, he busted everywhere. He didn't even have a car. So that that's, just gives you a sense of where he was at in life. So as a result of this principle of leverage, this gentleman in 2017 made $1,010,530 at the age of 28 just sheerly through the power of leverage and getting his IP right. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. That's some leverage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he went from strictly doing one-on-ones to doing VIP programs and high-level inner circle masterminds. So he went from selling, you know, $250, $300 packages to selling $30 and $50,000 packages. It's a lot easier to get to a million when you're selling packages that are that size. Absolutely. No, that's powerful stuff. Okay, so the next pillar is the importance of having the right mentors and the right peers. Talk about how you've implemented that inside your thought leadership. It's extremely important. You know, to this day, I have mentors and peers around me that I rely on all the time. Growing up, it started when I was a caddy at 14 years old, and I was looping every Saturday and Sunday with a gentleman uh, that is still near and dear to my heart that, you know, guided me as a, as a young adult uh, in all kinds of different areas. I had four hours a day to ask him questions about life and business. Uh, wow. And he really set me off in a direction that uh, you know, allowed me to arrive where I am today. You know, I talk about the business that I, uh, I work with uh, with Tony. You know, having him around and spending 13 years uh, with him talking in your ear, um, you pick up a thing or two. Yeah, just one or two, right? <laughs> Just one or two. You know, it's really fascinating though. And, and this is, uh, I, I want to mention this. I, I can almost tell you verbatim what's going to come out of his mouth next, you know, because wow. he, I mean, he, he just has his stuff dialed in. He, he really does. It so often. Right. But here's the thing. Like, it's like year eight. Okay. I had heard this particular program, you know, t- 10, 15 times. He says something, the same thing he said, you know, 15 times before, but immediately it resonates. Yep. So it's not always the message. You have to be, the student has to be in the right place at the right time in order to hear the message. And something that you've heard over and over again, uh, it's like reading a book over and over again. It's, you know, you pick up things at different times in your life because you're at different stages. So never neglect something because it's like, oh, I know that I've heard that. Yeah. But are you actually living that? How are you applying that? You know, that's, again, a very powerful and profound point. Thor, you've, you've come up with a bunch of gems in this interview. I really love it. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you something. I was talking to a gentleman last night. We we're having dinner, and he's a very successful entrepreneur. And uh, he's looking at doing some work with us. And what he said to me is he goes to a lot of personal development, professional development seminars. Like, you name it, he's probably done it. And he was telling me that it was becoming harder and harder for him to find seminars that were giving him what he needed, giving him the information that was really going to make the difference, right? And then he sat back and, and, and he just reversed course. He said, you know what? I take that back because I've been to certain seminars and I've heard the same message repeatedly in them, but I wasn't always necessarily ready to apply them in my life and in my business. And he said it just happened to him a couple of weeks ago at at the latest seminar that he'd done. He heard something he'd heard at least 20 times before in seminars, but at that moment, the message landed on fertile ground. 
And he was ready to actually apply it in his life and apply it in his business to take it to the next level. So when I heard that and, and you just said it to me again, it shows me there are no accidents. I mean, this is a topic that was important for me to hear and important for our listener to hear. And, and so it's powerful that I heard it last night and it was just confirmed for me by you this morning. And, and I'm actually now going to take the opposite approach to it. And this is a little controversial, but follow, follow me on this and, and see what you think. As a result of spending so much time and being in this environment, and, and at least Tony's environment for quite some time, I found that there were a lot of people that were kind of addicted to the seminar learning process, personal development, business development, whatever it is. They kind of liked the whole environment and they became addicted to it. And they had a belief that they're missing something. And this is one of the key things that we find with our clients is they're not getting what they want, so they immediately assume that they're missing something. And I'll tell you right now, 95% are not missing something. 95% have too much stuff in the way. And it's mm -hmm. about eliminating, not adding. Peak performance, which is our consulting group, the K on peak stands for knowledge. You've got to have correct knowledge as a base. But you need a little bit less of it than what you actually think you need. You then need the A, which is accountability. The E equals execution. And, of course, the P produces profits. Mm. That knowledge piece, you probably know what you need to know. What happens so often is people just don't go out there and start executing on what they already know. They, not, they, they fail to move because they think they're missing something. Get out there, start moving. Now, continue to be a lifelong learner, but it's not about adding something. It's not about what's missing. Get going. You know, that's, that's to me, that's not controversial at all. I, I, I totally Good. get that. Good. I, 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 some people are like, you know, uh, it's all about the knowledge. It ain't about the knowledge. Knowledge no, is not no. power. The ability to execute on that knowledge, that's, that's power. power. So I interviewed Dr. Nito Kubain. I don't know if you, you know who that gentleman is. But I do not. Doctor, you, you got to listen to our podcast, episode 81. So subscribe to the Thought Leader Revolution, right. episode 81, okay? It's actually the episode that came out this week, the week that I'm recording this. But Dr. Kubain is an incredible American success story. He came to the United States from Lebanon when he was 17 with less than $50 in his pocket. And uh, he has founded or co-founded 10 Fortune 500 companies, including Lazy Boy Chairs. And he is worth several hundred million dollars, if not a billion dollars. And he's now the president of his alma mater, High Point University in North Carolina. And he took High Point University from a struggling private university to probably the preeminent university in the South. Uh, and very soon, in my opinion, High Point will be the preeminent university in the United States because it's one that's based on uh, traditional uh, ideas of learning and educating children. There isn't all this political correctness there. It's all about teaching people about free enterprise, about preparing them for life. And Dr. Kubain is absolutely a, a genius. He was ranked the number one speaker in the world by the National Speakers Association. It just gives you a sense of this man. Wow. And here's what he taught me. He said, focus is far more valuable than intelligence and knowledge. And I was blown away by that. And that's really what you're saying. You need to focus. You can't have too many things 
on your plate. You can't have too much stuff cluttering up your head. You got to get it all out. You got to find out what's most important and you got to focus. What's your comment on that? Oh, a thousand percent. And it was drilled home to me by someone I had on my podcast, Price Pritchett the third. You're going to have to introduce gotta, me to him so I can bring him oh, on the podcast. And you're going to have to bring me on your podcast. I got to be uh, on your yeah, show, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, first of all, done and done. Price Pritchett III is an MA specialist. He wrote the book You Squared and Quantum Leap. It has something like 15 million copies in circulation. Some have been sold, some have been handed out. This dude is brilliant. It sounds just like the other guy. He's the guy that comes in after, you know, two Fortune 500 companies buy each other, one buys the other, and he's there to make sure that the merger works. Nice. He said, there's a group of executives out there that you all know, and they operate on a different level. They don't make incremental movement or progress. They make quantum leaps. And the way they do this is absolute single focus. They're the most unbalanced people. They may not be the happiest people around, but they are so focused on just one thing. Nothing, nothing gets in the way. Man, I love it. I love it. That's what it, it's all focus. It's all focus. It's all focus. I said, well, come on. What about, what about the plan? He starts, you know, he kind of chuckles. He goes, yeah, you know, like you got to have a decent plan, but you don't need a good plan. You just need a decent plan, but you need focus. You need focus. It's really important. You know, the German general in World War I, Helmut von Moltke, said that no plan survives first contact with the enemy. And it's the same is true in business. No business plan survives first contact with reality, with, with dealing with customers and suppliers. A plan's just a guide. It's not a straitjacket. Absolutely. You know, it's, we, we talk about it all the time here. TMA, track, measure, adjust. If you're not adjusting, well, first of all, you're not tracking and you're not measuring, stop playing the game Hmm. because then you're just setting yourself up for failure. You've got to track, you've got to measure. And if you're not good at it, get somebody in the organization that is. And then you got to make adjustments. You got to continue to make adjustments. I had a world-class adventure racer on, uh, world world champion adventure racer on my show. It's a good friend of actually Mark Devines. Cool. Her name's Robin Benacasa. Loving it. You can we we got we yes. got to go exchange some guests, buddy. We got to have like yeah, yeah, an yeah, offline yeah. conversation. Yeah, she, she, That's she, great. She's awesome. I said, look, you're in the middle of the jungle. You're doing an 800 mile race. You you know you've got a map and you're trying to figure out where you're going. I said, you come up to a little you know trail in, in the forest and you've got a left and a right. Which way do you go? She goes, it doesn't matter. I said, no no no. no. You know, look, I'm trying to help you know some business people here. The path that you choose matters. She goes, no, it doesn't. She goes, let me tell you a story. She goes, we didn't know which way to go. These paths were basically going the same direction. We ended up taking the path that may have not been the right path for us to take. We ended up at a river, a raging river. And we're, you know, they've got 400 miles to go. They just decide to jump in the river. Wow. They end up going downstream. They actually won that race because they kept moving. They just chose a path and they kept going. She goes, every time that you keep moving down a path, the landscape changes. And you can see things that you weren't able to see before. But most people in life, they stop and they Mm. ponder and they make excuses. And they say, what else do I need to learn? The winners keep moving. The winners keep moving. You know, that's very powerful. One of my mentors, uh, actually, the the gentleman I told you about, the Olympic gold medalist, Mark McCoy. I had him on the podcast too. You're probably going to want to have him on your podcast. He said 
that in life you can have excuses or you can have results. You can't have both. You know, <laughs> exactly. You know, I worked for a guy in New York that fired me three times. <laughs> I never actually left the firm, but he fired me three times. He's like, you're fired. I like, look, I'm not leaving. We got too much work to do. He goes, I don't watch you. You're fired. I was like, think about it. Talk to me tomorrow. He's like, you're obnoxious. He goes, I, I can't even fire you. I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Thor, man. You and me were cut from the same cloth. I'll tell you, it's, <laughs> it, it's awesome. So, so Thor. We like to end off every podcast by asking you, as our guest, to give us your three expert action steps, your three best hacks for our listener to take their business, to take their life, to take their thought leadership practice to the next level. So what are yours? Okay. Can I, can I, give it, can I expand it from three to a quick uh, seven? Do it, man. All right, good. I like breaking the rules a little bit. So it's called the ultimate success map. And I actually discovered this at the Atlanta Hartsfield airport on the train system. I was looking for a map that got me from point A to point Z successfully. First, and there, there are gates there. There's the B gate, T gate, A gate, B, C, D, E, F. F, figure out what you want. Focus, come up with an efficient and effective plan. D, make a decision. C, commit to it. A lot of people want things, but commit to it. Are you interested or are you committed? Mm. Check in with your belief systems. Make sure that there's nothing getting in the way because it's not about adding things very often. It's about what needs to be eliminated. A, action. You've got to take action. T, time, right? Something happens, we start taking action. What do we want? We immediately want the result, but it takes time. And during this time period, you need to track you need to measure and you need to adjust. Got to do it. You got to keep a scoreboard. And then baggage claim, that's obviously where you go and pick up your rewards. So that wasn't three, but that's a real quick one. It did include the one I was going to include, which were three is TMA, track, measure, and adjust. But that's called the ultimate success map. If you want to go from where you are to where you want to go, start with that, figure out what it is and focus. I love it. Thor Conklin, man. So listen, listener, if you're listening to, to this podcast, you're going to want to know about Thor and his thought leadership. Check out his podcast. Definitely go look it up on iTunes and listen to what this man has to say. Listen to the wisdom of his guests because they sound absolutely awesome and amazing. And I'm going to start listening to his podcast myself right away. And definitely make sure that you consume his programs, his content. If he's got an event coming up, if there's any opportunity for you to do business with this man, take it, do it right now, especially if you're the kind of person who responds well to being challenged and getting your butt kicked. Thor Conklin is your man. So also, if you're wondering if your intellectual property is good enough so that you can become the Thor Conklin of your niche or niche if you're Canadian and if you're wondering if that's something that can be commercialized, you're going to want to jump on a call with us. Go into the show notes and you can use this link. I'll tell it to you as well. ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment. You can jump on a call with myself or a member of my team and we'll help you figure out exactly what your IP is worth. This call is a free call. We don't have a lot of spots open, but if you've got valuable intellectual property, you want to know if you can take it to the next level, I strongly recommend that you take advantage of this opportunity. Don't silence your own voice. Don't let your fears get in the way. Jump out there, take the leap, 
Take advantage of this opportunity. Go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment. Let's jump on a call and let's get you moving in 2018 toward your freedom and your fortune. Thor Conklin, man, this was awesome. Come back anytime. I'd love to have you back in a few months and uh, love to be on your podcast. And let's make sure we continue to stay in touch and uh, move the world forward together, brother. Yeah, no, absolutely. I really appreciate uh, being on today. Definitely come on uh, a show. How the uh, team sending out some information, and uh, Nikki, as a uh, as a special gift to your listeners, if anyone's out there and is suffering with something in their business that they've just got a problem, they've just been banging their head up against the wall and just can't figure out how to get past it. If they send me a fifty word or less, I'm not going to read a, a story or, or a large book about what their problem is. Be concise. Be focused. Send me a 50-word or less email with your biggest problem, and I'll send you back a personal four-step process uh, that will absolutely eliminate that issue or at the very least reduce it greatly. How cool and just send is it that? to Thor. Thor. Yeah, it's, and, and this is not – you're not going to end up in some drip campaign or something like this. This is an email back from me. That's why it's 50 words because I read them. And then I engage with it and then figure out how to, how to fix it for you. So just send it to Thor at ThorConklin.com. Thor, that's very generous. So, listener, take advantage of this. Definitely, Thor's the man. I believe in him. I believe in what he's doing, and I endorse him strongly. Thor, thanks again, man. Thanks for being on the show. You're awesome, brother. Thanks, Nikki. That wraps up another episode of the Thought Leader Revolution podcast. To find out more about today's guest, please go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com, look up the show notes, and if you're interested in finding out what your intellectual property is worth in the marketplace, go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment, book a call with us, and we'll be glad to help you figure out how you can commercialize your expertise in 2018. Bye for now.